Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 4, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 5, and we are at page 58, Paragraph 2. Today's readers are Michelle H., Deb W., Penny C., and Anne Marie M. The reference number for Tuesday, March 3rd, is 7368. That's 7368. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting for our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Donna F. to read the 12 steps. Press star one to unmute. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, this is Donna F., a recovering compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having the spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me read today. Thank you, Donna F. I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 Traditions. Well, good morning to you, KDF and all. My name is uh, Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. True for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Janice. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 58, paragraph 2. I will ask Michelle H. to begin reading. She will read two paragraphs, and we will focus our comments on the second paragraph she reads. Michelle, press star 1 to unmute. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you 
to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. And um, so the second paragraph um, in the chapter, How It Works, um, is a little bit of a caution for me. It says that some of these we balked, and I'm identifying in, because they're talking about um, in reference to, and then we were ready to take some steps. And I'm ready um, when I've you know, come to that conclusion that I am powerless. I see I'm powerless, and I want what you have. I want to be recovered. I'm willing to go to any length. Um, and yet it says they're sharing their experience here, these first 100 recovered. They're saying, you know, at some of these we balked, and, and we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we're telling you we couldn't. And, and that's what I'm identifying in with, too. I was ready uh, to take these steps. I knew that I had a spiritual malady. I believed that, and my only solution was a vital spiritual experience. And, you know, the person before me who was recovered was showing me the way, and she said these steps were the way for her. Um, but then when it came to some of these steps, certain steps, you know, um, you know, first of all, that conception of my higher power, there was a little balking on my part that could I really come up with my own conception of God? Well, this was, these were some old ideas of mine, and I had to let go absolutely to have a conception and create a conception of God I could lean into to take these steps. And what about step four? Didn't I balk a little bit when it came to moving out of columns one and column two? I was so comfortable with the idea that I was a victim and what you had done to me. But there was a little balking on my part that, okay, I have a part in this. Um, there was deflation of ego that was required, and there was resistance met. And the Big Book Dictionary says balked means to stop short of completion, tried to avoid, resist, hesitated. And I can identify him with that. But leaning into this power, this conception of a power greater than me, was the strength that I found that to move me forward because I was hesitant. And I wanted an easier, softer way. But I had tried that for so many years, and it didn't work. And what was working was when I did move to column four and see my part in it. And there was a little deflation of ego. There was a little ouchness going on there. Um, but then there was also some freedom. Some, some light was coming in. I was beginning to see um, that, yes, maybe I was creating my own misery. And these old ideas of, like, other ideas I had, step five, you know, maybe coming stopping short of completion. Well, wasn't it enough that I could see these character defects and I was admitting them to God? Did I really need to admit them to another human being? Yes. Yes, there was some hesitation there at first, an old idea that I'm going to be judged, and the judgment's not going to be good. I had to let go of that idea, absolutely. And leaning on that power, moving forward, and what I found when I did continue on and not balk was there was love and acceptance. And what about steps eight and nine? Wasn't there some hesitancy on my part, trying to find an easier, softer way? Wasn't it enough just to say, oh, I see how I've caused damage and harm to others. Do I really need to make direct amends? Maybe I can just change my behavior. Well, that old way of thinking, that easier, softer way, hadn't worked for me before. And just leaning into that strength and that power greater than me was what helped me to move forward. And it was true for me that these old ideas had got me absolutely nothing, zero, nada. And so, yes, I heard that earnestness and, and the begging and, you know, be fearless, be thorough, Michelle, from the very start, move forward and trust. So I'm identifying in that, yes, there was some balking, there was some hesitancy, just like they were warning me in this paragraph where I feel like today when I'm looking back, that warning, and, 
and true, it is true for me that those ideas, those old ideas, when I absolutely, absolutely let go, trusted in that power, the process of these steps took me through. And, um, and so, yes, thank you for allowing and sharing to share on this really powerful paragraph. With that, I pass. Hi, Charles H. from New York. Monica. Ronnie. Elizabeth. Okay, okay, okay. Wait one second. Hold on. Okay, I have Charles H., Monica, and also Larry. Larry. Renata. Judith R. Rasa. I don't know if you heard me. I did. Okay, let's go with that. That's plenty for to start with. I didn't even I didn't even ask if you wanted to share yet, but you all somehow knew what I was gonna say. So let's go. This is the order. Charles H. Monica, Vasa, Larry K, Renata, and Judith R. Charles H. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Focusing on the second paragraph. Thank you. That was shared, so it's actually the third paragraph on the page. Is it okay to Go traffic? ahead, Charles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of this stuff I'll pause. I just want to know if the if, if if the traffic lights are green already before I didn't want to um, intervene and I apologize on my behalf for uh you know, jumping the gun. <laughs> um so good morning visionaries. My name is Charles H. I'm a recovered visionary just for today. And I wanna thank everybody, uh, and thank a vision for you for um being here. Uh, how many know if <laughs> If it wasn't for the vision, I'd be blind still, one day at a time. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I could sure identify in with at some of these we balked. Every time I said, you know, every time I got beaten down by my disease, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. It was like ready, set, stop. Ready, set, stop. Ready, set, stop. It was like, yeah, I want to go to the beach, but the water was so cold. I'm going, I'm jumping in. I was so willing to jump in. But as soon as I put my big toe in that cold water, I balked. And I'm like, nah. You know, and and, and, and so much identification in with with saying, you know, sponsor, can you, you know what, can you, can you just be my sponsor and just don't hold me accountable? Can you do that? Can we just not do no step work and I just give you my food and lie about it? Can I do that? Sure. But, you know, I'm lying to myself. So, you know, they programmed, you know, the big book begged of me to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And, you know, I wish I could say that that was the case, but it sure wasn't the case. I was full of, I was fearful and not thorough from the very start. And the whole idea is <laughs> my, my old character defects and, and, and all those things, I had, I had, I had, I had to hang on to them. I was willing to hang on to them. But I don't know when I, you know, it, it, it like I didn't have the the lightning experience that Bill W had. It seeped in slowly, right? Like, like, it, you know, I don't know all those doctor visits and, you know, I don't know. One day I just got a new pair of glasses, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it up. I'm gonna give. I give up. I surrender. So I surrendered to this simple program, you know. You know, I don't know. I'm an addict, right? And I'll complicate a free lunch. I'll try to get two. I'll try to hold one here. I'll just try to manipulate the whole thing. But 
you know, I'm identifying in today that, you know what, if I just fling up the white flag and surrender and, and, and allow a recovered sponsor and hold their hand tight and allow them to guide me through these 12 pr- propositions on, on page 59, which 11 of them are on 59 and one of them are on 60. And then, and then if, when I get recovered, I hold a few men's hands tightly so that they can do the same thing, so on and so forth. And, and that's all I got this morning. So you know what? Freedom ain't free, but you know what? The liberation, when I stop holding on to things that weigh me down, then I'm able to fly. And with that, I'm a pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. And Monica, you're up. Good morning. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And here we are in Chapter 5, how it works, and we're talking about Step 3 here. We're working on our Step 3, making a decision. And in the first paragraph, I just wanted a little review here. In the first paragraph, it says, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. There's that big willingness. And I was told that this was step zero for me here, willingness, that I needed this willingness before I could do or go anywhere. And um, my willingness plus grace equals a mystery, higher power, some type of a mystery. I can't explain it, but lean gently into this. So then it goes on in the second paragraph with, with all the earnestness at our command, with all the earnestness, per, purposeful intention at our command, we beg of you. And only two times in the book here do they, the first 100 recovered, beg of us. The first time was on page 49, and this is the second one. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And it was pointed out to me there that it wasn't saying, there was not any mention of being perfect here. It just says, get in there and start doing. And some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go. And I've got written in my book here, Monica, don't think, just do. Because my old ideas kept me in the mud puddle, spinning my wheels, getting deeper and deeper. But with a set-aside prayer and being willing and leaning into this mystery, doing the work, stop thinking, just doing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And Basa, you're up. Thank you, Katie, for your service, and good morning, everybody. I'm Vasa, oh, Recover Compulsive Overeater calling from Florida. And, boy, I welcomed, you know, when I heard how it works. I was, I was for, for, for the first time, I thought, oh, my God, there's something that's going to work. After me trying to put the food down for many, many, many years, I said, you know, this is going to work. They're telling me, the people have gone before me, Tell me, they're telling me it works. It worked for them, and it's going to work for me. So, um, but I like the part, okay, of course, I, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. And I, I was ready. I was ready, and I was willing, and I didn't want to die. But, uh, and then it says, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very that and I said, oh my God, these people are begging me to stay here, you know, and to give it a try, and to be 
fearless. I'm not saying I was fearless. I was afraid. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I had my higher power to back me up. When the fears cropped up, I could count on God to give me the strength. And, of course, my sponsor and and people that went before me, and I could count on them, you know, to help me through the process. But I remember feeling very overwhelmed. I said, oh, God, how am I going to do all this? Well, you know, my sponsor said, you don't have to do all this all at once. We do it one day at a time. You know, you know we, don't hit, we don't take everything all at once. And, and that was really comforting because I was like such a compulsive person. I wanted to do everything in one day. So, you know, when it came to the fourth step, searching and fearless moral inventory ourselves, I, that was very scary for me to do. I remember saying, why do I have to do that? I put the food down. I'm abstinent today, you know. But no, she said, Vasa, if you don't work the steps the way they laid out, you're going to go back into the food addiction. So I was willing and ready to do, even when I didn't feel comfortable, taking the action, Vasa. Do it. Like you, did, you took the action with the three steps, with the first three steps. Now you're going to do it with the fourth step. And it's amazing how God got me through. And, uh, you know, one step at a time. Thank you for letting me share that. Thank you, Vasa. Larry Kay, your turn. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Larry Kay, uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, to me, this, this paragraph speaks about um, the person who yearns to discover the freedom that comes from true surrender. And, you know, I know I, I wanted to desperately be able to stop you know, grasping, obsessing, overthinking, over-controlling, you know, this constant fight with my life to let my stubborn ego obstruct, you know, my spiritual expansion. That's what was happening. And, you know, some of us yearn to do what we previously thought was impossible. And why can't I get this thing, you know, this thing? What's, What's the matter with me that I just can't get myself to do the things that are being asked of me? Why can't I simply align my actions with my deepest desires. You know, so many want to change but are paralyzed to act by fear. That was me. And and, and part of the process of humility that was necessary for change was accepting that this is what I am today. This is where I am today. But by the grace of God, my past does not equal my future. If it did, I, I would have been dead long ago. And surrender is one of those concepts that sounds good in theory, yet, you know, in practice is much tougher than we thought. I needed God's help. In other words, I couldn't think my way into truly letting go. I didn't fully understand what I was signing up for. And in the process of this practical program of action, life asked me to jump off a lot of ledges, you know, and and, and have the faith that all would be well. In other words, each step what I thought were stable parts of, of my world started shifting in unexpected ways that required me to change, and we had to let go of a lot. The old me had to die in order for the new me to live, and God made that possible. We don't surrender our ego once. No, we, we surrender our ego again and again, trusting that a higher compassionate force is guiding us. Action first, change second. That's what it was for me, and Surrender wasn't simply a mindset. It was a daily action. 
Now, how do we know if someone has surrendered? Well, what are their actions? You know, my talk was always cheap. Pay attention to my actions. Then you'll know what resides in my heart and mind. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And next is Renata. Did you call on me, Katie? This is Renata? Yes, I did. Oh, thanks. Uh, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Composable Reading, New York. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. That was true for me. You know, I came to this program, and I did not think I need to, to go through the steps. I thought I had it under my belt. I thought, you know, I do believe in a God, and that's enough. And uh, look at me, I'm losing weight, that's good enough. And then, you know, when it started to, to, to get hard, right? Like when I'm, you know, the diet starts wearing off, you know, I tried going through the steps. But, um, you know, I, I tried different methods. I tried, you know, OA workbooks. I tried how questions. I tried, you know, all these things that only... Uh, you know, made me tell my, my life story and how people did me wrong and how, you know, the world is bad and and how, you know, it was justifiable for me to eat the way I ate. And uh, until I, you know, I started picking up the food again, until this disease really convinced me that I'm going to die in this disease if I don't do anything about it. And then that's when I realized that I needed the big book, that I needed the, the true, you know, program of action, you know, the solution. Like I, some, somewhere inside of me, I knew that the program in this book had worked for millions of people in all sorts of addictions. And so then, you know, this disease propelled me to look for a sponsor that would take me through the steps through the big book and not anything else. And uh, that's the only way I could find recovery. You know, that's the only way that God um, could restore me to sanity. And that's all I want to share with that. Thank you so much. And Judith R., your turn. Thanks, Katie. This is Judith R. in Vermont. Um, I love baseball, so I sort of understand what a balk is but I decided to look it up, and it's it's an interesting phenomenon. Uh-oh. Now my, my phone won't let me into... Um, I'm going to have to pass. I'm sorry. Thanks. Hey, who else would like to share on this, um, this paragraph? Ronnie. <laughs> Okay, Lonnie and Paula, anyone else? Elizabeth and Janice. Janice. Yeah. Elizabeth. Okay, that's okay, that's good. Okay, that let's just go with those for now. I got um Okay. I have Lonnie, P D, Paula, D, Elizabeth, and uh, Ronnie. I'm sorry, Ronnie, Ronnie. Ronnie, Paula, Elizabeth, and Janice P and Janice M. Alita and I think there was a Sharon, but I don't know which Sharon or Shannon. 
Could, could you clarify yourself, Shan? Sharon Kay. Is it Sharon Kay? Okay. Um, let's Sharon go. Kay. Okay, thank you, Sharon. And let's go with Ronnie first. Uh, okay, hi, thanks. Good morning, everyone. This is Ronnie P. from Pennsylvania, uh, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Um, this, these two paragraphs, when I first read them umpteen years ago when I came into program, really threw me because it's said to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And um, I thought, well, I'm never going to be fearless. I mean, if I could be fearless, I don't think I'd even have this disease because fear is just has crippled me, you know, my, my whole life. My history as a compulsive overeater at the bedrock has been fear. So if I could be fearless, I thought, how, how can this work? Um, so to any newcomers who may be listening, um, I will just share what worked for me was when I eventually thought, okay, well, what is fearless? I kind of worked it out, and I decided to say be heroic and thorough from the very start. And um, heroic isn't someone who is without fear. A hero is someone who feels fear and acts anyway. And when I could just say, all right, you're feeling fear, so what? Do it anyway. Uh, Sometimes you have a headache and you do things anyway. Sometimes you're feeling happy and you do things anyway. Fear doesn't have to stop me from doing things anyway, but it always had. So this sort of reframed the whole concept of fear for me, um, as did my own notion of heroism and how heroes act anyway. So um, to do that and to be thorough from the very start, but every day is a new start. So this recovery is just a progression. You know, today I'm just one day a little more recovered than I was yesterday, et cetera, et cetera. So if I sort of dug a little deeper thinking about the word fearless and start, um, it just helped. It really, really helped. And it helped me just calm down, just calm down, relax. Um, I don't think the people who wrote this book want us to be all torqued up. They want us to be relaxed and relax into the knowledge that um, we can really have a beautiful life. Relax into the knowledge that God has always been with us, will always be with us. Relax. So be fearless, knowing that fear is no different from anything else. Start. We have a new start all the time. Thorough. Just be as honest with yourself as you can be today and keep praying for continual self-knowledge so that you can continue to refine and hone your honesty. Um, And that's a process. And uh, thank God for this program where everyone is sort of joined. You know, we're all seekers seeking together, and we have this beautiful book that sort of gives us a framework for how to do it. And uh, that's all I got. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Ronnie. And Paula D., you're up. Hi, this is Paula D. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for your service, my friend. You have some very good ears there, may I say. I am a recovered compulsive overeater today by the grace of God. And we come to this place. At some of these we balked, and I'm going to read it as it says. We thought, there it is. Let's just stop right there. Yeah, that's what happened. Stop right there. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. Until I knew I couldn't. Until I knew I couldn't. That every day, we know what the last chapter of these first 164 pages are. 
a vision for you? Oh, yes, but what's on the last page? The first page of that chapter is what? That's what met me. The four horsemen. That's what met me. And then you know what the promises were for me? The promises were the bedevilments. That was my promise. An easier, softer way. But then it tells you, but, okay, eliminate that. We could not. We could not. And I was part of that we. But I want to come to, we beg of you. Oh, look at the love that's put there. They knew. They knew where I had been because they had been there too. And they wanted me to come with them. But then look at what it says. Be fearless and thorough from the very start. Oof. Wow. But here, another open door. Come on. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas. We know. Look at the word old. Old. They didn't have the strength. They didn't have it. And the result was nil until we let go absolutely anything I held on to. But what I was holding on to, what I thought was me, myself, and I. And that's what I had to let go of. Absolutely. So then I could go forward. Then I could understand there were other promises for me. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Okay, thank you so much. Elizabeth N., your turn. Hello. Can you hear me well? I can. I can. Thank you. Uh, this is Elizabeth N., um, a compulsive overeater. Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for these calls and these meetings. Um, I just want to say that... Um, I think that if you do the first three steps with completely honest honesty and you you understand that uh, you're powerless, you understand you're not normal, you read the doctor's opinion, and you grasp that inf- information, you, you completely honest, honestly uh, do the first three steps I think you start craving for the fourth step. Um, you see that uh, your higher power, however you define it, um, can help you. This such a big problem for for me. It was the the food. Uh, so if he can help you with that, he will be able to help you with something else. And uh, I personally honestly know that I have other uh, flaws. So um, it's just a, a grave, a need to keep going, uh, to keep working on the next steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And Janice P. and then Janice M. Good morning. Good morning, this is Janice. From Minneapolis, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, and thank you, Miss Katie, for uh, for being such a wonderful, fearless leader this morning. I love that this is not the first chapter in this book. You know, I love that we have had ourselves educated. I had myself educated 
up to this point. You know, here's, here's Bill W. and some other recovered alcoholics who had a vision. You know, they had a vision of building this society of alcoholics helping each other. But they knew, they knew somehow that the first step had to be ego deflation. You know, and why was that true in my case? In my case, I was self-sufficient. I was self-sufficient to the extreme. I was self-centered. I was fearful and covered it all up. I, I stopped eating compulsively a thousand times, but I couldn't stay stopped. I couldn't stay stopped. And that had been my story. And so I got this education, this scientific education, in the doctor's opinion, that said who I was and what I was up against, that I had something physiologically different in me, and that I was hardwired for this, but that it was coupled with this mental obsession. So when I get to this chapter, how it works, they're laying it out once again, and they they tell me, have I been listening? Have I heard the stories so far? Have I heard the stories that they were trying to tell me about Jim and, and the, you know, all the stories that helped educate me getting to this point? And, and if I could relate to that, they say, then maybe I'm ready to take certain steps. If my ego has now been deflated enough that I realize, oh, here I am, here I am, this is, this is me. If I've related to that and I have identified with that, then either I'm ready or I'm not. And they share their own experience. Yeah, some of them got had to get to that same place as well. You know, that, that so I'm not alone here. I'm not alone here. But if I'm ready, then just like them, they they found no other way. They tried it. They tried so many other ways just like I had, and none of those worked. So here's something that worked for them. Here was proof positive. They were standing in front of me, their eyes shining. They, there was laughter. There was freedom that they had and a spiritual way of living that just shone right out of them. And so if I was ready, then, then they would take my hand and lead me through what they had been through. You know, that's the beauty of all of this for me, is that at no point in time was I alone in my own experience. They, too, had old ideas. They, too, had fought the same things that I had fought. And, you know, that feeling of not being alone, I don't know about you, but I had always hungered for that connection. I'd always hungered for that place. You know, I couldn't live in uncertainty and uncomfortableness. And they said, come with us. Walk with us. And, and we'll show you what happened to us, and we'll help you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. And now, Janice M. Yes, thank you. Nice to follow, Janice P. <laughs> My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, there's sometimes misinterpretations about this step. If you have decided... This is what it says. If I decided, well, let me see now. What does that mean? Well, 
I have to be willing to change. That's the decision, you know, that I have to make at this step. Nothing about, you know, turning the will over yet or anything. I'm making a decision to do some action. You know, it may not be comfortable, but, you know, I've decided many times to do the actions of these 12 steps, <laughs> and I did it my way. And the the result was nil, zero. I thought, well, I'll do some of them, and, you know, I'll make a decision. I'll do some of them, you know, because I was fearful. I didn't want to let some of my behaviors go, and um, I thought I was smart. I thought I would fool God. Well, you know, he'll know that I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, hello. You know, that's what it means by thorough, not resisting, not avoiding, um, and, and, you know, and in, in, in balking is, is not trying to give up, not wanting to give up certain actions and behaviors. All this says is, is a conclusion of my mind. I have decided. I made a decision to do the actions of the steps. Now, in, in real life, I mean real life, you know, you make a decision to go to Aruba. That's just a decision. That's all it is, is a decision to continue, to continue to do the actions to get to my goal, to get to Aruba. There's some things I have to do between the decision and the goal to get to Aruba. There's certain actions I have to do. So that's really all I'm doing here because I'm not really turning any will over or anything yet. Um, you know, step three is simply a decision to go on with the steps. You know, the big book does promise me, and, and I have the promises that we will have our will in our minds, my mind. They will be turned over to, to the care of God. You know, because some people say, well, I can't do that right now. I'm not willing to do this. I better not, you know, I, don't, I'm, I won't go on. But that's not what this step is. This is the step that I have decided that I want recovery because I know after my experience that it is this easier, softer way because the disease was progressively getting worse, so I had to make some change. So that's the willingness that I have to get the action to get to the goal. And it's just a conclusion of my mind. I made a decision, and here I go. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janice M. And Alita, your turn. Press star one to unmute, please, Alita. Okay, let's move on to Sharon Kay. Sharon Kay, your turn. Please press star one to unmute. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, when I uh, read... Okay, we lost you, and I'm not sure who that is. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, when I heard uh, these words over and over again at some of these steps we balked, I always translated it into my head as do not balk at the fourth step and be thorough and honest at the fourth step. Um, and the truth is we have to be thorough and honest with every step. I mean, for me, I was not thorough and honest about going to my higher power. I was trying to do the steps on my own, 
And so when it came to the, the daily prayer and the daily meditation and taking God with me wherever I went, I left to that to the side. I did the steps that was obvious to my sponsor that I was doing and then left a lot of the things, um, the other pieces to the side. So, uh, you know, when I'm hearing it this morning, I'm realizing that there was the warning there that we had to be thorough about every step, not just the uh, the ones that looked big and scary. Thank you. Okay. Um, is um, Alita here to share? Okay. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Jim S. Okay. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Uh, Jane S. Okay. Kim and Jane. Anyone else? Okay, let's go with Kim G and Jane, and thank you. Thanks, Katie. You're doing a great job, Katie. <laughs> um, my name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm going to zone in on. Let me put my camera. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to zone in on that sentence. Some of us have tried to hold on to old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go. Absolutely. And I was thinking, you know, often I get questions, and I hear them in the after meeting as well. Of, yeah, 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 I know I need the spiritual experience, but what can I do in the meantime? And the way that I hear it and the way that I used to say it was, yeah, 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 I know I need to work the steps, but what else can I do besides the steps? What else can I do? How else can I distract myself because I don't want to eat and I'm not really you know, ready to do those step things? And I remember a speaker saying once, you know, I've got good news and I've got bad news. I the bad news. The bad news and the good news is that it's only suggested. You know, on page 59, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. But the bad news is it's the only suggestion we got. If you are a person who is seriously alcoholic as me, the only thing that has ever worked for me is to do these steps specifically, precisely as they're in the book. Put the food down and do steps one, two, three, four, and continue that way. And I'm letting go absolutely all of my old ideas. Yeah, I don't have time for this. I'm going to do the, the steps as if it's a, um, you know, a twister game from the 70s, right hand blue, left foot yellow. Yeah, I know the alcohol, I have to put the, put the liquor down, but come on, it's only food. I still need my food. I don't need to be totally asking. You guys must be kidding. But that's what it's saying. We have to let go of our old ideas. How are your old ideas working for you at this point? And I had to admit, before I, unfortunately for many, many years in a way, that my ideas before understanding what a 12-step program was and my ideas of what a 12-step program was were failing me utterly. And I had to let go of those old ideas and I had to let go absolutely to do these. So as I was listening to the wonderful shares, what I did was I looked up in my iPad, um, I have the first 164 pages, and these suggestions... I'm going to tell you how many times they use these absolute words, let go absolutely. So never is in the first 164 pages, 76 times. Must is in, the, is in the first 164 pages, 81 times. Constantly is there eight times. Always is there 35 times. Complete is there 20 times. Continue is there 80, is 19 times. And the one I love is power is there 89 times. 
So yes, the program of recovery is suggested, but it's the only suggestion we got. And I'm just going to end with this. I looked up because we often get questions about this word recovered versus recovering. Recovered is in the first 164 pages 14 times. The obsession has been removed. The word recovering is only in there one time, letting the wives know that as their husbands are going through the steps, they are recovering. Thank you, God, today. My reality is I am recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. And Jane, your turn. Yeah, this is Jane S., a recovered compulsive eater from Pennsylvania. Um, I've heard uh, how it works, read at every meeting I've been to um, in my 25-plus years um, in going to meetings. And I just wanted to key into that term um, and the, re- uh, the phrase, and the result was nil until I let go absolutely. Um, I used to sit and, like, question that, not quite believe that, because, yeah, I struggled with my abstinence, but, you know, maybe this is as good as it gets for me, you know, periods of, of abstinence followed by relapse and then start over again. And when I looked at my life, my life was better than when before I started, I was, uh, you know, when I first came to LA, I was uh, horribly sick bulimic at 25 years old. And my food problems definitely got better, you know, over the years. Um, I uh, became, you know, more of an honest person, more of a, a, a person that was trying to connect to God. And so I really questioned that the result was nil. Um, but now that I have gone through the steps as prescribed in the big book, um, you know, now I know what I didn't know. And uh, the, the result of my having the life that I wanted to have and that I know my higher power wants me to have, that result was nil. I couldn't grasp hold of that um, until I let go absolutely and learned how to uh, work this program in a way that is going to result in a vital spiritual experience. And that's happened to me now. So um, now I can, uh, you know, realize that's what they were talking about. You know, it's, it's not sure. We can go and sit in meetings and hear stuff from other people and have some successes and have our life get a little better or but we're not going to recover and get that vital spiritual experience and become the people that we want to be um, until we let go absolutely. Um, and I pass. Thank you so much. And we have time for two more people. If there's two more Judith people, I'd like to share. Judith Donna? Donna? Donna and Judith R. Go ahead. Go ahead, Donna. Donna? Okay, I don't know what happened to her, so let's go with Judith R. Can you hear me, Katie? Yes. Okay, great. Um, So I was going to tell you guys what balk means. In baseball, a pitcher can commit a number of illegal motions or actions that constitute a balk. Most of these violations involve a a pitcher pretending to pitch when he has no intention of doing so. A balk results in a dead ball. So 
I balked, when I first came in, I balked at abstinence. And then after I got abstinence, I balked at doing the steps in the way that the big book tells us to do them. And I especially like that the pitcher is pretending so that he can mess up the other guys on base. And I don't need to pretend anymore. With that, I pass next. Thank you. And is there a Donna that is willing wanting to share? Okay. We still have time for one more. Is there anyone who would like to share? Okay. Well, then I will share. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And, you know, at some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. Well, I made a career out of trying to find an easier, softer way. You know, I went to OA the very first time when I was 14 years old, and I thought it was a bunch of crazy old ladies, and it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of, and, of course, I didn't need that. Then I came back when I was 21, and I still, you know, at that point thought, well, I'll do this part, but I'm not going to do that part, like Kim G. described, you know, the um, take a little of this, and, and I just really, really loved that line that we hear um, take what you want and leave the rest. And so I, you know, that was sort of my program was I did what I wanted and left the rest. And of course, this, the next part of this says, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Well, you can't take what, what you want and leave the rest and be fearless and thorough. So, you know, I had to hit a bottom. I had to hit a bottom in OA, you know, to the point where, by the time I got asked, I weighed 70 pounds more than the first time I came through the doors. <clears throat> so this is a progressive disease. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't uh, wait for me to uh, decide what I want to do. And if I go back out there, it's going to be a thousand times worse than it was. And, you know, because I was in OA for six years, um, you know, having these little semblances of control here and there, uh, when I did just completely fall off the uh, grid and go back into the food, it was so much worse. And so now I can't imagine how bad it would be. And that is the kind of memory I have to have in order to say I need to be fearless and thorough. I need to be fearless and thorough about whatever is going on in my life. Yes, the food is down today, but that doesn't mean my life is, is easy and I never have problems and traffic doesn't bother me and I love laundry and everything is just hunky-dory 24-7. That is not what this um, – there, there's nowhere in life that you are given that kind of guarantee. Um, but what I do have is a daily reprieve, and I do not ever have – the idea that food is going to make my life easier. And I'm so grateful for that. And we've come to the end of our time, so I will uh, now say thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Deb W. please read A Vision for You? This is Deb W., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give free of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.